Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Love that sound. This is a good one. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast, your weekend recap and rant. I mean, I guess I don't know if it's morning where you are listening to this, but it's morning as I record it. Drinking a coffee, not a beer for once. I mean, I guess I could put some Baileys in there, but no, we'll just go straight coffee because I'm going fishing later. So uh, before we get to this weekend recap and rant, I'd like to tell you guys about TheBeardStruggle.com. Uh, really good beard care products. Uh, you've heard me talk about before. <laughs> just never thought I'd be a beard product kind of individual, but uh, yet here I am. Um, I'm really liking their stuff. I still have my beard. Uh, it's a daily struggle, so it's very fitting with this brand because I'm um, really thinking about going to that summer goat, but God, I just, I'm liking the beard. So I don't know. I'm going to take about going to the summer goat just to change up my luck because when I get into this uh, recap, uh, you'll know why. Um, well, maybe not, but I'll, I'll give you some perspective on it. So anyways, uh, if you guys got beards out there or you're thinking about growing one and, and it's just never laid right or you didn't like it was unmanageable or wasn't filling in like you'd like, go check out thebeardstruggle.com. Uh, they got awesome products. They really do. They smell great. They have different scents. It's all kind of Viking themed, so it's it's very manly. Skull, you know, it's good stuff. Uh-huh. But save yourself some money at checkout. Use code FULLSCALE15, and, uh, yeah, you'll save yourself 15%. So check it out, thebeardstruggle.com. Uh, also, don't forget to check out the... Waypoint Collective, 
on uh, where you're getting this podcast. Uh, we are a proud member of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective, and there's lots of other awesome uh, podcasts on there, outdoor-related, uh, just good stuff. You'll never run out of content. And then you can also get the Waypoint TV app on your smartphone, your tablet. I think get them on, like, Roku and smart TVs and some gaming devices has it. And that is, like... Remember, like, when people actually had, like, satellite or cable? <laughs> I mean, I know some people still do, but I don't. I ditched all that stuff. And, like, you have Sportsman Channel or Outdoor Channel, those great shows on there. You can get pretty much a lot of that content uh, from the Waypoint TV app. So you can watch it anywhere you go. It's awesome stuff. Um, Into the Blue, a lot of good saltwater stuff. That's what I like. Um, but freshwater stuff, too. A lot of bass fishing and just, I mean, everything you could possibly think of is out there. They have a hunting and a fishing one, so if you're into, like, big game hunting or duck hunting or whatever you're into, they have it. And these aren't, like, you know, guys like me running around with a, a GoPro and putting it on YouTube. No, these are, like, actual produced um, awesome shows. So go check out Waypoint TV app and Full Scale Outdoors podcast is on there among some other podcasts, too. So definitely go check that out as well. All right, thanks, guys. Let's get to it. Boom, boom. The uh, weekend recap rant. So this last weekend was um, the our first events for my bass club, Naloon State Bassmasters. Uh, did not start out real good for me. Uh, I was actually, uh, well, I've been kind of beating myself up all season long, really, because I just, I haven't had a great day. I mean, I've caught fish, you know, I'm not struggling that bad, but just not, you know, as you're getting into tournament season, I'm just not finding that quality fish that that a person would like, you know. And uh, time out, time again, I'm coming out and coming in. I'm like, man, I just, you know, caught fish but couldn't find the ones I want. And the closer I got to tournament time, I was like, oh, this isn't good. And we scouted those lakes and didn't find anything but dinks. Um, and, and talking to some people, there's, you know, Bay Lake that just really isn't known for big fish. Uh, there's lots of little ones. There was some big fish caught, however, during the tournament, and we'll get to that. Um, so, you know, I was like, well, it's going to be a cookie-cutter thing. Hopefully it can put some numbers up and just weed through and, and hope to come in contact with, you know, some slightly better fish. Um, and then that's basically what we did. You know, I found some fish out kind of on a deep weed line. They were schooled up pretty good. And at this point, we're pre-fishing. We hadn't found any bluegill beds yet. So my thought was, and it was really warm last week. So my thought was, well, the bluegills have got to be spawning. And so I'm going to, we were running up to the cabin this weekend. So I'm like, I'm going to stop um, on our way up and just do a quick run around, like an hour or something, just to see uh, if I can find some beds. Because that will, like, dictate what I do as far I was like if I found some beds I was just gonna basically camp out on them and and try to find those bigger bass as they're um, hunting down those bluegills well I didn't find any um, I don't know if they had already spawned and because it was so warm it was like a super quick spawn or they spawned in deeper water or they haven't spawned yet which I would find like really weird but I don't know I just I, I couldn't find them so it was kind of like well <laughs> back to square one I did fish a little because I wasn't finding beds I was like I did cast a little bit and you know I caught a couple fish here and there nothing pattern wise I kind of checked off some spots I'm like well let me go in here super shallow to this you know some slop spots and see if anything's hanging in there 
and I didn't really like what I saw there and I didn't get any good bites. I think I caught a couple little fish or something, but, um, so anyways, basically I ended that little pre-fishing session with, um, let's throw a dart at the board and see what happens. <laughs> uh, so day of the event comes and I actually had the first, I was the first draw, which, you know, this is great. I get I get the best draw you could possibly get for boat takeoff. Uh, ironically enough, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> so, um, I just went where I where I um, I saw I'd seen some like sand and some rocks and there were some weeds and I'd caught uh, fish there before, and uh, I was just gonna start there. And there is a pretty the the milfoil in one week's time had like. Man, it grew a lot. Like, you could see it kind of coming up a week ago, but now it's up. It's up, up now. Like, thick, thick, thick stands of it. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to pick. I'm going to start working these weed edges. I tried the outside weed edge, and it kind of transitions into some cabbage and some curly leaf. And you think that'd be good, but the only thing I really found on the outside edge were pike and lots of them. Holy crap, did I go through hooks. So I tried the inside edge, which as you get into summer, you know, my, I don't know about y'all but for me i'm like i start thinking they're going to transition um to deeper water you know but then you also have to weigh in you know food availability and stuff like that so there was a bunch of little uh, gills and stuff hanging out in the milfoil itself i suppose using that for cover which makes sense um so i started fishing that wind uh, inside weed edge and what i started to find is uh well for one the rock bass were very hungry I mean, I was catching them on, like, full, you know, 3-8 swim jig, and they were getting the whole thing in their mouth. Like, they weren't playing. And so I think, and I could see a couple old beds, and I, I just thought they were bass beds, but maybe they're rock bass beds. I don't, you know, I don't know how they spawn, really. I've never really looked into it that closely, like if they are have colonies like panfish or like um, bluegill or if they kind of do their own thing. Um, but it sure seemed when I would, when I would see one of these beds that I would catch a rock bass off it. So I think, this is my theory, could be totally wrong, uh, but what I think was happening is that the rock bass were spawning. And now I started to see some bigger gills hanging around there too. So I think the gills were marauding the rock bass as they were spawning. And then I was like, well, the bass have got to be there. And I wasn't really getting any on on the swim, on a jig. I wasn't getting anything on a swim jig. I think I caught a couple on a swim jig, but it wasn't anything great. So if you guys had listened, I did a, a podcast with Matt Johnson from Matt Johnson Outdoors, from Clam. And uh, in that, you know, I'd been following his reports, and he is talking about when you get on these spawning areas, um, more of the bluegill stuff, but that what he's been doing lately has been working good is just, you know, basically dead sticking a, um, a wacky Senko or stickworm style bait. So I'm... Um, I'm going to try it. And for once, I mean, lately here in Minnesota, the wind has just been stupid. It's like for a solid week, it's just been blowing. And it's, you can't fish that way effectively when the wind's blowing because, you you know, you're not using any weight. It's just the weight of the worm that's slowly sinking down. And that wind just, you know, grabs your line and it gone. So, you know, that's not going to work. So anyways, uh, we didn't have any real wind that day. It was kind of, it was actually pretty nice. And uh, so I was going to try it. I started doing that and caught even more rock bass, but I did start picking up some bass. And uh, they were the size you would expect, you know, nothing nothing crazy out of this lake. They just were, you know, and I was finding good open pockets um, where there were, like, bare spots. I was doing better in the bare spots, like if there was some rock or some sand. Um, 
And I kind of ran around. I checked off some other spots. And they got up. I went and checked out some uh, slot spots again to see if maybe I could get, you know, a big isol, you know, loner lunker somewhere laying up in the thick stuff. And that didn't pan out. So, you know, as the day wears on, I just kept going back, you know, and I upgraded a couple times. And um, I'm super glad that I picked up a cull beam. Man, does that save time. Like, I don't even know really know what my um bass are weighing because it like there's no point like as long as one is bigger than two and two is bigger than three and three is bigger than four and four is bigger than five i don't it doesn't matter what they are you know the the call beam's not going to lie yet you know and with a digital scale if you know depending on when it locks in if they're moving around you can get you know you could be off by a, a couple ounces one way or the other the call beam doesn't lie now it's it gets tricky when they're like super similar weights Cause yeah, like what I was doing is I was holding up to like, um, like the shoreline, you know, far shoreline or the horizon. And I could kind of see if there was any daylight on one side versus the other, you know, which side was barely hanging down. But, um, so when they're really similar weights, it's kind of tricky, but, um, really glad I picked up that call beam. It's, it's sped up my calling process immensely. So immensely, however you want to say that. So yeah, I did, did some calling and back to the, you know, Back to launch, time to weigh in, not feeling that great, but knowing I was going to, you know, everybody's probably in the same situation, but also knowing that somebody always finds a good fish. You know, that's just how it is. And sure enough, that is exactly what happened. Some people found some um, pretty good ones or a good one. Um, Dana, who I also had on the podcast, Dana Carlson, she did, uh, she had big bass and phew, that was a good one. Uh, I don't think I have the page open. I don't think it's listed here, but. Um, no, but it was like four, eight, five or something like that. It was almost five pounds. So that might, that, that could potentially stick all season long. She might just take big bass for the season with that one. That was, that was a good one. Um, and the rest of hers were kind of little and Tom, you know, always does good. And he had a really good one too. Um, I think Cody had found some good ones. Uh, Nick found a couple good ones and then everybody else came in, you know, small, and I ended up finishing, like, fourth from the bottom. Not good. Um, and so I was beating myself up about that, like, like a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Like, I was pretty down on myself. Like, oh, my God. And I, you know, tried to talk myself out of it because the weights were, they were so similar. You know, the vast majority of the club were, was in that um, nine-pound range, you know, somewhere in there, which is not, you know, when you're talking tournaments for five fish, this, this those are not the weights that you want, you know. Um, nine two eight, let's just go through nine one four, nine five four, eight seven four, uh, seven three eight, you know, like they're just, they're kind of all right in there. And um, just not not great weights. Um, mine was nine one four, so I was on the bottom half of that that you know mid-range and so that's what placed me you know if you think about it like you know a 914 and uh you know obviously a 928 or even a 954 there's i mean that's not even like a bigger i mean it is a bigger fish but not like a massively bigger fish you know so it's like I had, I just didn't get the bites I want. And then, you know, after the fact, Cody won. He had a really good average. He didn't have that, like, big anchor fish that, like, Tom had, but he had, like, just a better average. And then um, he eked it out because Tom had 10, 3, 6, 
and then Cody had 10-6. So, yeah, I mean, he didn't he didn't beat him by much. But he when he dumped it in the in the uh, tank, I was like, ooh, that's a better average. I think you're going to be all right. And he was. So he took uh, first place on that one. So got good points out of that. Um, and then, yeah, I was down at the bottom just kicking myself. And then just to rub salt in the moon, you know, we, we always kind of share some information. We don't give all our tips and tricks away, but um, – where Tom was fishing, you know, it was same stuff. I mean, he was fishing the same stuff in the in the same way I was doing it. He was, you know, um, basically wacky, wacky with the senko and fishing those bare spots around milfoil and about you know four to eight feet of water, and that's what I was doing. So, you know, try to weigh all that against my depression. Like, <laughs> like at least I was doing the right thing, but. Maybe I camped out on a particular spot too long. Maybe I should have tried to find more spots around the lake. Um, I was just trying to be thorough. So, I mean, maybe that's where, and I don't know how much he moved around. If, you know, maybe he moved more, I don't know. Um, but with the weights that similar, you know, it's somewhat of a coin toss. I hate saying that because it just seems like a cop-out, but I don't know. I was just, I wasn't feeling it. Just was not feeling it. Um so day two rolls around, and now I take off in last place. Dana is in my boat. You know, when when we announced, like, when we did the drawings and, and for the non-boaters, and she was paired with me, I was like, oh, sorry for your loss. Because <laughs> it just, my confidence is not at an all-time high. Um, it's kind of at an all-time low. So she's pumping me up. She's like, hey, we don't need any of that negativity. Let's go out there. Let's crush. I'm like, all right, all right. We got, you know, I got to go out there and, and do the best I can, and run over to the spot, um, nice steep bank, this lake sets up weird, like, I don't say weird, but, like, where there's reeds, they're in, like, no water, like, the difference between shallow and deep water, it's, like, instantly, I mean, it just, it just plummets right off, so, and then shallow is, like, super shallow, you know, these reeds could have been really good if there were, you know, another foot of water in them or something, but they just didn't seem to be holding any fish, and so I, trying that weed edge and uh, throwing a jig and I can't really did I try wacky no the wind was kind of blowing that day so it didn't that wasn't really working I was throwing a swim jig through the reeds and we're trying this we're trying that I know it's one spot it was nice kind of spawning flat again I was trying to trying to find uh, right out of the gate I was trying to find those bluegill beds and I wasn't finding them so I didn't know again if they're maybe spawning in deeper water because the water's pretty clear in this lake so they definitely can spawn deeper and if you have the right electronics you can um, find those which i don't have so that was not an option um so basically just went fishing so the first spot didn't pan out with any fish uh so we made a run i was like well i'm gonna go check out this this other spot um and we'd learn i didn't know there was smallmouth in this lake in fact there was smallmouth in bay lake that i didn't know there was in there and tom actually brought one in i was like holy crap <laughs> the funny part about that is uh shark who's like a smallmouth specialist he didn't know that there were smallies in there either when tom weighed a smallmouth he was so pissed off he was like what what and he hadn't uh he didn't do that great on the the first you know the first um event either so i can't where is the he's not he's not why is he not listed on here Huh. I don't see sharks uh sharks info in here. But um 
so he was kind of he was kind of beating himself up over that too. And then when he found out that there was uh, brown bass in there, he got pissed off. But all right, so back to Borden Lake. That's the second day, and I guess there's smallmouth in there, which isn't too surprising. Kind of sets up like a smallmouth lake. Um, so when I found out about, it, I was like, oh well, it makes that makes sense. I don't really didn't. I didn't pre-fish or know enough about the smallmouth in that lake. Allegedly, there's not that many. They're supposed to be good if you do find them, but I was like, I don't know if I want to run that risk. So I just kept plugging away. You know, let's check off some spots. So the shark was fishing the spot. Kind of, I wanted to my secondary spot. I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna, let's go try some uh, lily pads, some slop. I'll throw a frog around, see if there's anything in there. I'd caught one on a frog pre-fishing the week before in this area. And it's it's really shallow, but I know I I know they can get skinny. I'm not afraid to fish, you know, in almost no water. And so I get up there, I'm throwing the frog, and I get hit right away. Boom! Put one. So that's first fish in the boat. Boom! Here we go. Maybe maybe this is where they're at. <laughs> Nothing for like the next half hour or whatever. I tried this whole patch, didn't get another hit. I was like, oh my god, what the heck? All right, let's. Then we tried this stretch. Um, put on. What did I try? Was it a, was I throwing a Ned? Now I can't remember what I threw. It might have been a swim jig. I think it was a swim jig. Anyways, I made another change, threw it into the reeds in this big steep bank. Boom! I caught my second fish. Um, put that in the box. I'm like, oh, maybe they're on this. And then to fish that style for however long. Boom, couldn't repeat it. Oh man! So we make another run to another spot where I was like, well, if there's bluegills bed, and they should be bedded over here. This is like prime. Um, habitat of course now again a week later the weed growth is just astronomically more there's wild rice everywhere i didn't even know there was wild rice in this lake and that stuff's just kind of just lays like stringy green um for anybody that's not from you know the upper midwest that has wild rice lakes like it's gets on your hook like it doesn't offer a ton of cover really either so it was just kind of a pain i did have a hit on a frog um but didn't land it and then i ended up catching a third fish I don't remember what I was using god man I really need to take better notes uh, or just take notes not mental ones um anyways I caught I, I switched I switched up like lures and locations and I ended up catching a third fish and then so I'm like oh maybe this is it and again couldn't couldn't get bit I think I caught one on a jig out deep I think that's what it was and uh, so, yeah, I'm like, oh, man, this is just not, I'm just getting frustrated, you know, like this isn't working. And, and Dana had some information. She's like, well, there's, let's go to this spot over here. Um, she's like, I don't know. She's new to the club. She's like, I don't know. If I can give, you know, like as a non-boater, she doesn't know what to do or what to say. But I'm like, no, no, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. Like clearly I'm not crushing it. So whatever you, whatever you think, we can go definitely try it out. We're not going to, we're not losing out on anything. So we tear off, go check out the spot. And, you know, we get there, and, and right away I'm really not catching it, but there's, like, really, um, you know, it's a good, sharper sharper weed line. And, again, goes up into some reeds that are really shallow. And I change baits. I just go to, basically it's like a punching rig. I was using a, a pretty heavy tungsten, like, flipping weight, and just a Texas-rigged, um, like jig trailer, I was using a, a D bomb, and I started throwing that, and I got bit right away. 
boom, I set the hook. Yep, I see it. It's a decent fish. Not a, not a giant, but it's a, you know another keeper. I'm fighting, fighting, fighting. The hook just comes out. Like, oh, <laughs> so frustrated. I mean, when you're not getting many bites, and then you lose one. I mean, it's like uh, you just you can't do that. So then I'm like, I don't know. A few casts later, maybe a dozen casts later, I hook into another one, set the hook, boom, and oh, this is a good one. And I'd be catching pikes. I'm like, please don't be, a, please don't be a pike, please don't be a pike. I see it. It's a big bass. It's a big bass. Conservatively, somewhere probably in the four pound range, maybe over. But uh, that thing might have went five. Like it was a toad huge head dana saw it she was like holy shit that's big fish and it's coming up and it's just like coming straight up it's gonna jump and i dig my i dig my uh pole in the water i'm cranking i got a uh tatula 8.1 to 1 you know i'm real i'm just cranking i'm trying to get that thing turns head i do not want it to jump and he was not having it he came up and he like flicked that head one time and out goes that hook and i don't know how they do that but maybe it's the heavier weight you know when they when they're able to do that at pendulums and it was it plucked it out. I'm not sure, man, but I was hot. Um I went on a four letter tirade um that I'm not proud of. <laughs> but I lost my shit. Dude, I was it was ridiculous. I went crazy. Um not only did I just dump my second fish, which if I'd have landed those fish, I would now have my five fish. And that's like, you know, baseline get your five you know worry about culling later but the fifth fish i lost was a hog the the anchor fish you're always looking for that kicker fish you're always looking for more than likely going to be big fish of the day could have been big fish of the season i don't know because i never got my hands on it Ooh, that one hurt i was like that one's gonna haunt me for a while and then you know we keep fishing this this break line or this weed line I, I hook and I lose another keeper fish. Like at this point, I'm about to, I, I'm going to happy Gilmore some rods, break them over my knee. I don't know. And, you know, at this point, Dana hadn't caught any fish. And so she was not feeling that great either. And so I was like, you know, I'm complaining about not getting a limit. And she's like, well, at least you have some fish. I'm like, yeah, I, you know, so I was trying to keep that in mind, but uh, frustrating frustration is frustration no matter how you slice it right i mean it was just oh my god it was it was painful um i finally started hooking some fish and getting them in the boat so i got my five and uh we just kept i kind of kept working that area we worked the shit out of that area and i found a couple spots where they were they were packed in there tight caught like one two three real real quick um i upgraded my top fish you know pretty much upgraded all my fish at one point um, kind of really started putting the pattern together towards the end of the day. Um, you know, uh, Dana ended up finally starting to catch a couple and we just, we just ran out of time. You know, we really kind of stumbled upon the pattern really late and we just ran out of time. I mean, I had, I got my five, I was able to upgrade. She only had a, a two and I know she would have caught more if we had just kind of kept on it. It wasn't a style that she's familiar with. She's new to bass fishing in general. And uh, she's been, you know, shark has kind of been coaching her, and they've been fishing a lot of smallmouth, um, so they hadn't really got into the, you know, weed, largemouth kind of stuff. And that was one of the things she was really frustrated with is she kept getting weeds, kept getting weeds, kept getting weeds. And I was like, ah, they, they live in the weeds. Like you, that's just kind of that's just kind of part of it. You can 
kind of mitigate it, you know, with, you know, Texas rig this and the style of weight and, but you're still going to get some weeds. There's, there's just, there's no way around it. You're going to get weeds. It's just, it's just part of the deal. You know, she kind of grew up walleye fishing and, and yes, there are weed walleyes, but for the most part, you're not dealing with weeds, you know? So that's just, that was an extra hassle she wasn't experienced in. She just wasn't really kind of mentally prepared for, um, but she got it towards the end of the day, you know, to her credit, she stuck it out. Um, she was getting pretty down on herself too, but, um, she stuck it out. She fished hard and, um, now she knows she's got some more knowledge in her, in her tool bag. So it's definitely not a, a waste of a day by any stretch of the imagination. So I've been seeing boats run, doing a lot of running. And so usually that means they're not doing that great either. So at least that's what I tell myself. And they're running around, you know, trying to find fish and, and people are kind of hitting the same spots over and over and over again, kind of like I was doing. Um, so I'm like, well, I did better than yesterday. I have more weight than I had yesterday. There's definitely a better average of fish. I don't have that kicker. And so losing that big fish is still just like, oh, it's in my craw, just eating away at me. And um, I don't know, head, head into weigh-in. So we, we get there and start talking to people, and they're like, oh, they didn't do very good. And Tom was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is going to be my throwaway. Because the way our league structure is is we fish six events, and then five of those are recorded. So you always get, you know, maybe you can't make one or you just do really shitty in one, then you, you can toss that one out, um, which is kind of nice. So you have the throwaway one, um, which I hope I can throw away that first one. Hopefully Bay Lake doesn't enter into it and I can just get rid of that one. Um, but so we all weigh in and... Um, Mine's not too bad. I mean, I think I'm in the lead for a little bit. Um, doesn't last. I, I get beat uh, eventually. But I ended up with, um, where is that, 11.52. So quite a bit better than 9.14. I mean, two pounds. I mean, you know, 11 pounds for five fish is st- isn't even that great, you know, for a five-fish bass tournament. But these lakes just weren't known for giants, um, although there was at least one giant in there. I just didn't get it. And big fish wasn't even that big that day. I think Amy had big fish. Uh, does it say what her big fish was? Uh, not on this page anyways. Um, it, I think it was just a little over three pounds and I didn't even weigh a big fish. I don't remember. Maybe I should have, but I think I just had a slightly better average. I might've had one that was close to three, but I don't think so. I think it was, if anything, if I had to guess it was just under three, so I wouldn't have won big bass anyways. Um, but yeah, so 11, 11, five, two wasn't too bad. Um, and then uh, Noah had 11.88, so he edged me out a little bit. And then so Jim, Jim comes in, coming in strong, 12.18. And a couple things that, that I don't say burned me on that, but interesting notes. So on the way up, Jim got a really late start because on the way up, uh, he burnt out a wheel bearing on his trailer. And so he had to get that fixed, go to Flea Farm, blah, blah, blah. But he didn't get there to like the last part of the the tournament and then he starts frog fishing and that's where he found all his fish in the in the pad something that i had tried but apparently i tried it too early and one of the things he says he goes you know i probably wouldn't have fished that much differently even if i was here at the start he's like i don't usually frog fish until later in the day what he said and i'm gonna kind of keep this in my in my little tool bag as something to at least monitor he goes i don't really frog fish until i start seeing the dragonflies flying around it's like hmm I suppose dragonflies fly around, they eat, and they breed. They probably land on the pads to lay their eggs in the water. Um, and then they probably get eaten by, uh, you know, 
bluegills or maybe even the bass. Uh, either way, like that kind of starts the food chain. I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. I'm going to have to uh, pay attention to that. So that's a, a good little tidbit to hang on to, see if it see if it pans out. Now, I know I've fished frogs in the past first thing in the morning, and I've done well too. They seem to be cruising in those pads, but um, I don't know. So, I mean, I don't think it's a hard and fast rule by any stretch, but um, any information is good information, right? So, anyways, I'm going to put that in my hat. So, congratulations to Jim. He's taken uh, day number two on boarding with a decent bag, 12.18. And then uh, I think it came in third place. 11, 5, 2, 12, 8, 11, 8, 8, 11, 2, 2. Yeah, yeah. So I came in third place. So I'm feeling better about myself a little bit. <laughs> um, Tom didn't do well. Cody didn't do well. Um, some of the our, our heavy hitters struggled a little bit that day. So, you know, a couple things. It, it, it starts to put everything in perspective. Um, you know, it's like you're going to have bad days. Everybody's going to have bad days. And you just gotta, you just gotta keep going out there. And I, I didn't have a ton of confidence going into this event, but I also didn't really let it get to me. I didn't give up. I still, I mean, I hardly ate. I like, I sat down to eat a sandwich, and I was like, I got halfway through it. I'm like, I can't do this. I gotta catch fish. <laughs> Let's just put the sandwich away, climb back up on that deck, and just start casting. Like, I ain't got time for this. I gotta, I gotta catch fish. So the competitive nature is alive and well, very healthy. Um, I haven't lost that. And this did give me a little bit of bright spot. It would have been really nice to, you know, for multiple reasons to land that big fish. Um, more so just because I haven't got a big fish pretty much all year that I'm that I'm really happy with. So that one would have been amazing to grab, but um, it was there. I had it. You know, the thing to take away from that was for me, I didn't win the lake, but. I was I put myself in a position to win. I just didn't fish clean. I dumped those fish, and you know, and that's on me. And I need to be better about that. And you know, and sometimes you can't control that either. But I feel like that's one of the things you can kind of control, <laughs> at least a little bit. You get the bite. Getting the bite is the important part. And I'd put together. I'd figured it out. I'd put together a pattern that was that was producing, you know, a better average fish, and, and it held up. And it took me. Maybe it took me too long in the day to to figure it out, but I did eventually figure it out. And um, and so going, you know, they sent a spreadsheet of the current standings, and I'm in fifth place right now in overall points. And, of course, we do have that um, throw that won't come into play until, obviously, we fish the other four events. But um, So I'm down points-wise. Uh, but total weight, I, and this doesn't really mean anything. It's just kind of like... Uh, you know, I don't know, something to throw in there. Um, uh, not sitting that bad. I'm at twenty point six six, which you know that'd be a good one day bag. But you know, nobody's nobody's crushing it. And then who else is in the twenties? Jim, Nick, Noah's close. Cody's just under, and he's he won all last year. Good stick. And then Tom is at twenty point six. So I'm hold on. Twenty point six six. So right now Jim's got twenty point nine two. I think he's in the lead. No, Nick. Nick's got twenty one. So twenty one point two eight for total weight. Then Jim's got twenty point nine two. And then 
I'm at 20.66, and then Tom's at 20.6, so we're right there. I mean, that's total weight. I don't think it really means anything, you know, overall. I mean, it's still, you know, whatever. But um, I'm just using that for my own mental health just to be like, all right, you're really – you're not doing that bad. You're you're in the thick of it. You're in the hunting. You're in the hunt. Let's just uh, clean it up, try to, fi- try to land those fish, and uh, do better. Although my landing fish woes continue to the next day, uh, we decided to stay at our cabin, which is up there on the Crowing River. And I didn't, you know, I took the, the time to relax. I slept in. I, you know, wasn't going to fish hard, but I was like, the, the day was just too nice to not put the boat out at least a little bit. So I did go fishing for a couple hours. And I just wanted, I hadn't been on the river this year. I wanted to see how it was <clears throat> sitting up and, you know, it, you know, it changes year to year. So it's just kind of nice to know, you know, what's going on and, there's a couple of new fresh trees down, which is always good for that um, river. And I kind of ran up, checked some spots, um, go into this this little back water spot, and I throw a frog, and it gets blown up on right away. But it misses. I can see this big fish just, like, lurking down there. And so I twitch it, and I'm moving it, and he comes up and hits it. It's a big northern. <laughs> it's a huge pike. It takes it, starts running, and I'm battling for a little bit, and then, boop, out comes the hook again. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. The cool part, though, is I got a souvenir. There is a huge tooth, pike tooth, sticking out of my frog. I have never seen that, like, ever. Uh, that was pretty cool, so I got a pretty cool picture on that. I put that on my Snap story. Uh, I think I put it on Instagram, too. So if you're not following me on Instagram, please do that, full scale underscore uh, uh, on Instagram. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> Got a bit of speaking of frogs, there's one in my throat. So I keep fishing, um, pitching. I think I pitched a, a jig up in there because it's really there's a lot of timber. Uh, it's kind of shallow, murky, and hooked a bass. Nice, nice largemouth. It was a good one. Um, probably three pounds somewhere in there. And he runs out. Pfft, hook comes out again. You've got to be kidding me. So I keep fishing. I check some trees, check some small, small spots. Oh, the first fish I had on, I was using a Ned Rig. Caught this nice little, uh, or I should say hook, this nice little, um, I don't know, it was probably uh, 14, 15-inch smallmouth, you know, real scrappy. I must had a bad spot in my, my leader material because it just, the line broke on a, you know, 15-inch fish. Like, that's just stupid. <sighs> so that's how it started. And then I hooked up a couple more um, times with some good, good, Real good um, smallies, and just couldn't keep the hook in. I didn't put a single bass on the on the carpet that day. It's crazy. It didn't have that many bites, and and I was fishing really fast. Like I wasn't like fishing, fishing, fishing. I was just out there checking some spots off, basically. And I caught you know caught plenty of pike, but uh, yeah. So hopefully uh, the hook woes don't last. I'm gonna go fishing with uh, Joel here in a little bit. Um, so we'll see how it goes. We'll get an update for next week. Uh, the next event is the Whitefish Chain uh, for the club. That's also the lake that the TOC is on this year. Um, that's how you know we usually do that. Our club fishes the two of our events are always the same lake that the TOC is. It gives us kind of a built-in pre-fishing practice round, <clears throat> and it's right before the the um, the cutoff date. There's a there's a uh, an area where you, the lake is closed to pre-fishing before the event. So. We do the weekend right before it closes down. Um, try to give us the best information as possible. I'm sure other clubs do the same thing. but So that's that. I, I've never fished whitefish chain, like, ever. So that's going to be – that's a lot of water to break down. There are some really good – it is 
trust me on this, 10 pounds, 10, 11 pounds, 12 pounds is not going to win it on this body water. You're going to have to have, I would think you would need 18 or more to win this event. So um, definitely got my work cut out for me on that one. So hopefully it means I, I get to spend more time running up to the um, cabin because it's, it's not too far from where our cabin is. So that's what I'll be doing there. There is your um, your recap. You know, from the rant, I really wanted to go, you know, I don't get like, yeah, I kind of tiptoe around politics a little bit. I was in current events and all these statues and stuff that are coming down. Um, I kind of on the sidelines with it a little bit. I'm just going to touch on it. I'm going to do a bigger one because I really need to write out and formulate my thoughts on this. Um, but they removed one, and this wasn't even one of the mob ones that they're just taking down. This was um, – they took – they were taking Teddy Roosevelt while he's on the horse out of the – the history museum and i was like all right you fucks now you're starting to piss me off uh teddy's my favorite president um and the problem you know they want to remove that because of racist ties and you dig into teddy roosevelt um (laughs) he wasn't um very civil rights friendly i mean to be brutally honest like he was openly against uh civil rights however he was the he did invite Booker T. Washington into the the White House as a presidential advisor. It was the first time ever for a black man. So, you know, he had that going for him. But the thing is, is we're viewing all of this stuff in one under one lens, under this racist lens. And that's not that shouldn't be what Teddy is remembered for. That's like literally the small and I'm not saying this just to brush over, but that's like the smallest part of his of his legacy and it's also at a time when that was like that that, that was the the most common uh opinion i mean it was just a dark time in our history for race relations you know it was you know we just got out of slavery not just but um that kind of mentality was was the norm it wasn't you know out of the ordinary by any stretch of the imagination. You know, his biggest achievements, obviously, for us as sportsmen, is his conservation work. And, you know, putting national parks, that system in place, and Yellowstone, and basically setting the model worldwide, um, that's, you know, that's more important than anything. And that should be his legacy. But on top of that, when you really, you know, everybody do yourself a favor. Just Google Teddy Roosevelt. Do some reading on him. Like, he's quite a remarkable individual. And as far as those on the left, you know, that might be on um, the side of, uh, of let's tear these statues down, let's do this, I think your eyes are going to be open uh, a lot. Because for his time, and this is why it's important to be really careful about viewing the past through the lens of modern morality because it's just a different time because if you go back and in his day he was almost a Bernie Sanders of his time and, and as much as I like Teddy um I don't know that I would have been a fan of Teddy um back then day I mean I'm pretty I'm pretty conservative well, I mean I'm kind of middle of the road but leaning conservative and he was a progressive. I mean, literally ran on, on the progressive party. And he was touting the the benefits of 
democratic socialism, just like Bernie Sanders. Like he was speaking out against like um, like big corporations. Like you really get into his political leanings, and I think a lot of people today that call themselves progressives that align themselves with the left would be pretty surprised and I'm going to keep this kind of short like I said I'm going to expound on this a little bit I think I need to write this out and I'll probably blog this one um, because it, it needs to be I need to really choose my words not carefully um, but importantly impactfully um, to really get across what I'm what I'm trying to say but Teddy and all of this might have yet another gem to leave us. Um, kind of like that scene in, uh, in was it Iron Man? Yeah, Iron, Iron Man. He was either Iron Man or Avengers uh, where Tony Stark stumbles on that um, new element that his dad, he's, his dad was hindered by the technology of his time. Uh, anyways, so all these years you take me to school, Dad, blah, 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 blah. So Teddy might be doing the same thing here. If we can, he might stop the bleeding. You know, as this frenzy of tearing down these statues falls in and the left just, you know, identity politic, politics is just so much that you can't ever speak out against your party or what's going on. And if someone says they're progressive and they're doing this, like, well, I'm a progressive, so I have to agree with it. And you just don't hear much dissent among the ranks with that. And this might be a spot where if people start digging into um at least with Teddy you know maybe not some of the other confederate generals and stuff like that um they're going to have to kind of stand on their own merits with that but that's a different I'm going to stick to Teddy on this one I don't, I don't want to get down that rabbit hole but with Teddy and as much as he was a progressive maybe just maybe some people can see like okay maybe we need to start looking at people's works as a whole and not just this one little glimpse of a timeline that because he was against civil rights that everything about him needs to be thrown out. And, you know, I just saw something on Facebook today that obviously there, you know, someone wants to blow up Mount Rushmore or whatever. Not that that's something that is easily done, but um, it's really important. Like I said earlier, and I've, I've said this in my own time a long time seems to fall on deaf ears, but you can't judge the past by modern morality. It's just you're all all you're gonna find is our sins because, you know, let's just look at ourselves as individuals. You know, hopefully we're all growing and changing and getting wiser as we get older. So you look back on your younger self and yeah, there's a lot of things that you go, You're an idiot. You know, I was a dumbass when I was this age or that age. And you learn from that stuff, and you grow, and you become better. And there's no different as a society and when our history. So the problem is, like, if I, if we all go back in our own lives, and we are today, if all we are today is the worst of us in our past, that's pretty damn depressing, you know. Um, so we need to take everything and as a whole start looking at, you know, the contributions do matter even if they have some dark pot spots in their history. And I'm fine with listing the dark spots. Like those are learning, learning moments for everybody. Um, so yeah, anyways, I gotta, I gotta get into it. I gotta put pen to paper and really kind of, um, 
vet out what I what I'm trying to say. I think I did an okay job of uh, of getting it, but I was gonna go on a tirade for my rant on this about the Teddy thing because when I first read, I just got so pissed off. Um, but then I was able to kind of think about it and collect my thoughts, calm down. <laughs> but I still might I still might get fired up, um, but not on this episode. So I'll touch on it again. Um, I don't know. Hopefully I get a blog written up and we'll just leave that at that. So, all right, everybody, head out there, have fun. Let me know how y'all are doing. If you're not part of the um, Full Scale Outdoors Facebook group, uh, request to join that. I, sh- I believe it's open. Anybody can join. But if not, send me a request. Uh, I'm sure I'll uh, I'll accept it, and then we'll go from there. So appreciate all of you. Don't forget, thebeardstruggle.com for all your beard care products. Full Scale 15 at checkout. Save yourself 15%. And, uh, yeah, that's it. All right. Thank you, everybody. Don't forget to share this podcast with anybody that you might know that's a podcast listener and likes outdoor content. That is the best way that we can grow. Like like it. Um, rate it where possible if you haven't done so already. Leave me a review. That'd be great. Anything you'd want me to cover as far as, like, uh, rant topics or potential guests to have on at some point in time. Also for the Waterfall Wednesday uh, which this week uh, is going to be a solo episode for myself because I don't know what happened. I thought I had another one in the can with Nick J, and I can't find it, so I'm sure I screwed up somewhere. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you a, a solo episode for that. If there's a subject you would like, any questions that you would like to throw at Nick, you can uh, message me on Facebook or on Instagram or Snapchat. Uh, any of those, um, Dale Luganville at Full Scale. Uh, outdoors.com is an email. I don't use that much. I should. I should use it more. So go ahead and send me an email. That'd be great. And uh, yeah, we'll just we'll keep plugging away and growing this thing together. So that'd be cool. I do have some decals right now, some bigger ones, like some uh, six inches. Um, so if anybody has like a decal, reach out to me and uh, uh, give me your address. I'll, uh, I'll send one in the mail. All right. That's it. That's all I got for this week. It's actually kind of a long one. 47 minutes for a weekend recap rant. So, I don't try to keep these short, but that one uh, a little long-winded. Had a lot to say. That's just how it is. So. All right, good luck, everybody. I'm rambling now. Let's wrap this thing up. Whatever your passion, pursue that full scale.